0: Joel Vardy is the son of Dennis and Leslie Vardy, founders of Celebration Church in Edmonton, Alberta. He serves as an assistant pastor at Celebration and is dedicated to its mission of being a church for the unchurched. Let's dive into the message.
1: And he says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, this is the great and first commandment, okay? So this, this is the great, this is the first commandment. you got to love your God. And then the, the next thing Jesus says, he says, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So he's saying, I know you, you've seen a lot, you've heard a lot about the law, and, and what Jesus is saying is these, these are the things, the most important things you do. Love God and love people. How many people know, if I'm going to love my neighbor, I'm going to need to learn to love God first? Yeah. I cannot learn to love my neighbor until I have truly learned how to love God. Yeah. Love is a willingness to prioritize another well, another's well-being or happiness above your own. Yeah. Yeah. A willingness to say somebody else's happiness is more important than mine. In uh, First John 4, 7 to 10, it says, "'Dear friends, let us love one another, "'for love comes from God. "'Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God.'" So if you love, you know God. Whoever does not love, this is crazy, does not know God. If you don't love, you don't even know God. It doesn't matter what you think. If you don't love, you don't know God because God is love, Okay. And then he goes on to say, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we uh, might live. Sorry, I'm not great at reading and it's hard when I get up close. We might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God. So we're finding out what love is. It's not that we love God, but that he loved us. He sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. It's interesting in the Bible, there's one scripture on God being love. There's only one that says God is love. But there's hundreds of scripture on God being holy. The scriptures make a greater emphasis on his holiness rather than his love. And if we aren't careful, we will miss out on an important part of our relationship with him. See, oftentimes people want to uh, pick the bits of Christianity that they prefer, the ones that feel the best. And people have been doing this for years. We do it with other things too. I remember as a kid, I'd ask my mom, Mom, can I go outside? And she would say, yes, if you clean your room. And all I would hear is, yes. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'd go outside, I'd do my own things. She'd be like, well, Joel, you didn't clean your room. I, you, you said I could go outside. I said you could go outside if... You clean your room. What we cannot do with God is build our own fluffy theology about how God fits, fits into our life. God isn't love because of his feelings, okay? He's not just like, oh, you're so cute. You're just so cute, so I love you. You know, oh, you just dressed so nice today, and I love you for that. You, you know, you're just so nice. I, I love you for that. God is actually, he's just... As much holy as he is love. So um, the love of God, as we're learning about the love of God today, okay, the love of God isn't just like, oh my gosh, I just love this worship song. I'm just gonna jam out to this worship song on my drive today. Yes, you are my champion. This is loving God. Uh, um, It's not that alone. And I, I believe people, a lot of people just want God for comfort alone. This is what I've seen. I've done this too. I wanted God just for his comfort. But uh, I believe holiness has been maybe overlooked or presented poorly at times. C.S. Lewis said this, if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth only soap and wishful thinking to begin. And in the end, despair. Despair is the absence of hope. And unfortunately, sometimes what people are looking for in God, they will not find it. And then they'll end up with no hope, just like everybody else. And if you look for truth, you'll find comfort in that truth. The truth is, whether we like to admit it or not, we are sinful. It says in Romans chapter three, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And if we try to deconstruct the idea that we are born sinful, we will devalue the love of God altogether. Like it, it, a lot of it rests on the fact that we're actually sinful. Like you cannot miss that. We need a revelation that we are sinful, when we have a revelation that we're sinful, that deepens the love of God in our heart. And that's how you find the comfort you're looking for, from finding truth. Now watch this in Romans uh, 1.18. This is a a verse, I don't wanna preach this verse, for the wrath of God. Like yay, Uh, that's how I'm gonna encourage you this morning. The wrath of God (laughs) is revealed From heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. This is, this is New Testament. The wrath of God is real. Okay. The wrath of God. We're supposed to be talking about love this morning. And I'm like, the wrath of God. But to understand God's love, we need to understand God's anger at sin what is sin? If you're new this morning, maybe you've heard this word, heard people maybe throw it around a little bit. What is sin? It's actions uh, that violate the very nature of God. And the funny thing about sin is it doesn't have a specific look to it, okay? It's not like, a, I don't know, it's not like a, someone who owns an air fryer, you know, you, you, look at their, you look at their Instagram page, you're like, I know that person owns an air fryer. <laughs> I can just tell by the mom blog vibes I'm getting from her. She's a mom inf- influencer. She owns an air fryer. Uh, or, or a biker, you know. Uh, if, if in the summer, you see somebody walk around. They're full of, of leather. They got leather pants on. Uh, they look like a biker. Sin doesn't have a look to it. Everybody has sin. It, it doesn't matter how many times you say hallelujah at, at your prayer uh, before dinner, you got sin in your life. It doesn't matter how thick your Bible is and how many bookmarks you have in that thing. There is sin in your life. That is a, a reality that we have to live in. And 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 all truth, all truth, is intention. So, what does God, loving God, look like? I, uh, Carrington, can you pass me my uh, lightsaber that uh, we have constructed for this message this morning? All truth is intention. So I want you to picture this this morning. Let's call this poll the love of God. And the love of God has, has a, a very great purpose for our lives, good things that the love of God does. But there's a tension to the love of God, and this love of God cannot stand on, it, on its own. It, it needs these tensions for it to stand up. Uh, one tension is that the uh, love of God is, is, is holy, that God is so holy that when, when we love him, it, it helps us hold up the love of God. But also that he... <laughs> Full of grace and he freely gives that. So he's holy and there's nothing we could do to earn the love of God, but but we please him with our holiness, we make him happy with our holiness, but also that grace is just freely given. And so we need these tensions on both sides of it and that's how the love of God stands up. It's different tension points that hold it up. And and what we can do is we can get into thinking, oh, I can earn the love of God. And there's certain things I do that get me closer, you know, and and get me more love than other people. But also that there's there's a tension that, oh, you know, grace is just freely given. I'm just going to do whatever I want, say whatever I want, think whatever I want, act whatever I want. Love of God's always there. And and we need the tension from both of those sides that says, I don't earn his love no no matter what. I, I don't earn it. But also, I want to obey him because I love him because he's holy. Because man, man, I just love him so much that I don't want to anger God. But some people think this is a crazy idea. Has someone ever said to you, well, I can't imagine a God who would send people to hell. Have you ever heard that before? Has anyone said, oh, you're a Christian? Well, I don't believe in God. Like the idea that God would send someone to hell. How dare you? Some people can't imagine that. But what about a God who cannot send people to hell? Imagine a God that would do nothing about people who murder. Imagine a God who'd do nothing about people that rape, that human traffic. How awful would that be? And how unloving would that be? That there would be no consequence for the, the wrongs that we would do. How unloving would that be? If God doesn't punish evil and evildoers, he's not holy, therefore, he's not loving. Now God loves the world, but his, his wrath is on sin. In John three thirty six, 36, uh, it says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Look at how easy that is. Whoever believes in in the Son, has eternal life. So freely given. Just believe in the Son, you will have eternal life. But whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God. There it is again, New Testament. The wrath of God remains on him. This is Jesus talking. This is big. What's the wrath of God? It's God's necessary righteous reaction against evil. And the wrath of God, uh, it exists now. It it exists, um, endless sin and disobedience will result in endless punishment. There's a tension here. We can reject his favor and reject his son and therefore we can reject the love of God. And like I said before, the the idea of the wrath of God, it really bothers people. People don't like that. People wanna pick their own God. A vending machine, give me E2. That's what fits my life. I want E2. You know, that, that's the kind of God I want. And if something doesn't fit our feelings sometimes, we feel like it doesn't fit our theology. And if you look for comfort alone, you won't find it. We have two options. We either trust the Son or we reject the Son. And the only way of avoiding the wrath of God is by the path of faith. The only way to avoid this, by the path of faith. He loves us not because we're deserving or because we've achieved a level of of worthiness, but because it's the nature of God to be loving. That's his nature. And so how does sending his son uh, show us that, that he loves us? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When we receive, when we receive the Son, when we receive Jesus, we receive that love. To see what love is, we must see ourselves as sinners. So we're the object of God's wrath, um, but now we're the people that Jesus died for. That's what this whole thing uh, is based
0: upon. Are you enjoying today's podcast? This podcast and all of Miracle Channel's outreaches are made possible by our donors. Every day we receive incredible stories of lives being transformed by the truth of God's Word, and none of it would be possible without the generosity of people like you. If you'd like to partner with us, please consider making a donation today. Your support will help us share the hope of Jesus across Canada and around the world. To donate online, simply visit miraclechannel.ca slash podcast or click the link in the show notes. Thank you for your support, and together let's spread the message of hope far and wide.
1: Here's what I love in Matthew chapter five. go to Matthew chapter five really quick. Matthew chapter five, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. When you're looking for that comfort that you're trying to find, you're looking for that, it says, if you hunger and you thirst hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be satisfied. That's the promise that Jesus gives us, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Just as Jesus shows God that he loves him by being obedient to him, we show Jesus that we love him by being obedient to him. So how do we obey God? We do what Jesus asks, and he asks a lot from us. But we have to be careful that our desire to be holy does not turn into self-righteous legalism. That's the other side of the tension, that our our desire to be holy cannot turn into self-righteousness or legalism as if we're trying to earn the love of God. An overemphasis on love tied to obedience creates legalism. There's a tension in God's love that that. Um, yes, we, we do things that, that bring us you know, closer to God and, and that make God happy, but also that we don't earn it. That this grace is just so freely given. That's how this stands up. And we have to be careful that we don't get on one or either side because both things become unattractive to people who are far from God. And both things are not what we were designed to do. We're designed to understand, yes, I'm sinful. I'm going to sin. I'm going to continue to sin, but I'm going to live in grace. But also, I have a desire to be holy. That I'm full of sin, but I'm also full of blind spots. I, I, and that maybe I don't always have everything figured out. That, man, I want to please God, but also I'm so thankful for his grace on me every day. First Corinthians 13, 3 says, if I give away all I have, I deliver up my body to be burned. So like I'm giving everything here. I'm delivering my body to be burned. But have not love, I gain nothing you can do all the right things for the wrong reason, and you miss out on love. Sometimes people just become so obsessed with their idea of holiness, and what happens is they become legalistic, unattractive, they become hateful, they become self-righteous, and ultimately, they lead people so far away from who Jesus is and all he has for so many people's lives. Because we can get so caught up in the idea of holiness that we actually lead people away from Jesus. Legalism is us thinking or trying to do things to earn or achieve God's love and acceptance. Every other religion is man trying to do things to get to God. But this is where Christianity differs. If you're hearing me this morning and you're on the fence, you're not sure about this whole thing. Christianity is God coming down to us. That's what he did. He sent his son. The thing he loved the most, he sent him here to save us. Because we messed up. And God does not create a thick moral wall for us to get through to him. So we need to stop creating thick moral walls for others to get through. And for ourselves. If we're going to love our neighbor, we can't have a fence of morality that says, yeah, you just, all you got to do is get around that barbed wire fence. And you come, come on into the love of God. No, God doesn't do that for you. He doesn't do that for me. We need to stop doing it for other people. gotta love God so that we can love our neighbor. We must have a desire to be holy without becoming legalistic in that. God's love comes quickly and without a background check. So what I find is that we can slide into expecting people who are far from God to act like people who are close to him. We need to be careful not to expect people who are far from God to act like us or to think like us because they're far from this God that we know and love. Matthew 7, 3 to 5 says, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice that there is a log in your own eye? Uh, He's he's sort of exaggerating here, make people, you know, sort of uh, realize... You got something in your eye, man. And, and, and why are you, talk, why are you looking, trying to figure out the speck in your brothers when you got this in yours? Where was I? You don't see the, the log that's in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the, the speck out of your eye when you don't see that there is a log in your own eye? I think there's more here. You hypocrite. You hypocrite. You ever see somebody say that on Facebook about a Christian? You hypocrite. You ever been called that? Man, you hypocrite. I love this joke. Say, uh, people say that church is full of hypocrites. Uh, We're not full. There's always room for one more. Uh, First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So what we do as people who are close to God, just work on just work on this log. Just work on, on dealing with this. And what do you see everywhere right now? What, what do I see often, unfortunately? A bunch of people trying to clear each other's eyes out. World's like one big eye wash station. <laughs> And unfortunately, morality for for many people, morality has become how angry you are about how other people live their lives. And our goal in relationships with people is not to make them think or act like us, but to show them the same love that we've been shown. Our goal must be loving people, pointing people towards Jesus. They need to lo- know that you love before they're willing to receive your message. Or the, the, the old saying that goes, they don't care what you know until they, care, uh, they know that you care. They don't care what you know until they know that you care. We are When we're continually removing the log out of our eye, people will come to you with the speck that's in their eye. So you you don't need to worry about chasing uh, uh, people down to help them with their speck. You just keep removing that log, people will come to you with their speck. The the people that I have, the people that I chase down, that I'm like, I need your input into my life. Why do I go to them? Because they don't have a log in their eye. That anyone that I, I've ever asked to speak into my life, anybody that I'm, I'm chasing to say, I need your opinion on what's happening in my world. I, I chase them down because I see there's no log there. They don't come to me saying, hey, <laughs> I notice you're a mess. I would like to help you deal with it. <laughs> no, I go to them because of their lack of log. <laughs> the people around you, We'll learn more from your heart than your head. So make sure your heart's right. And and when you look at Jesus' teaching and the Sermon on the Mount, things like that, Jesus demands a lot from us. But you can trust him because he's so good and his motivations are perfect. You can be confident in the love of God for you, you can be confident in the love of God for you, in Romans 5, 9. It says, uh, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood. That's how we're justified, by the blood of Jesus. Much more shall we be saved by him. We don't get saved by ourselves. We get saved by him from the wrath of God. There it is again, New Testament, the wrath of God. But, But Jesus saved us from that. Jesus saved us from that. And again, there's a tension. And we have to know that love is the product of the Spirit. So check your spirit. What's been, getting on, what's, what's been going on inside of there? My goal now is becoming more like Jesus, who kept his Father's commandments. God is love because he has perfect intentions, and he has a perfect execution of those intentions. Intentions. And it's whether we choose to embrace that or not. This is how much he loves us. That he brought restoration. Romans 3, 23 to uh, 24, says, for all sin falls short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace, what? As a gift. He gave us this gift through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. All truth is intention. The love of God is in tension." we obey, one more time, we obey, why? Because we love God. We don't just show God we love Him by singing a couple songs, putting our hands up, you know, whatever. We show God we love Him by our obedience to Him. Uh, But that doesn't earn grace. Grace is a gift that's freely given. So you you have to walk in both to keep the pole upright. You, you You see what I'm saying? Are you getting this at home? We need to ensure that we stay in this tension, a desire, like a deep longing in us to want to be holy, but also ensuring that our holiness doesn't become legalistic or religious, but also we can't have a fluffy view of God. We can't just go, oh, God loves me. I'll just do my thing. And I'll just you know, sing enough songs. And it's going to be fine. No, 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 no. We, man, we, we want to be close to God. He's so holy. And I wish I could water this down because I'm so full of sin. But luckily, I have Jesus. And my love for Jesus creates a desire to be holy and obedient. We cannot have an overemphasis on that obedience, though, being tied to love. The love's freely given for us. We need to see that God loves sinners, which is great because I'm so full of sin. And the love of God comes without a background check. Matthew 5, 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Check your heart. For they shall see God. If you want to get a a revelation from God, you want to hear from God, man, just just ask him for it. Just pray that dangerous prayer. God, reveal yourself to me. And just check your heart. Stay pure. Allow that to sink in. We can't simply look for comfort. We got to look for truth and know that love is not an achievement. It's something we were born to do. remember that we can show God that we love Him by our obedience to Him. But grace is freely given. And the good news is that when you receive Jesus into your heart, that you get everything that Jesus is entitled to. By faith, everything that's His is now yours, and everything that's yours is now Him, His. So you get all the benefits, He takes all the sin. And there's no longer any judgment for your sins. Here's here's what you'll be judged on. What'd you do with God, what God gave you? The the parable of the talents. What are you doing with what God gave you? What are you doing with the personality that God gave you? What are you you doing with the money-making ability that God gave you? What are you you doing with that motherhood spirit that God gave you? You know, what are you you doing with with what God put in you? That's how you'll be judged. Were you faithful with what God gave you? Because you're forgiven. You're going to heaven. But— What are you doing with what God put inside of you? We're forgiven. We're in relationship with God. But our love for God results in a changed heart and changed actions. And if I'm going to learn to love my neighbor, if I'm going to learn to say, I'm going to prioritize others above myself, man, i got to learn to love God first. Because it's hard to love your neighbor. It's difficult at times to love people who you work with, people who you live with sometimes, people who um, live beside you, people who you have on Facebook. It's tough to love everybody, but that's okay. Let's learn to love God first. He'll help us with that. Remember, as as we work on our hearts, as we, we, we work on our spirit, it'll change our actions towards other people.
0: Thanks for joining us today.